You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and I bet I can't. It's the Kist and Solak show. Ben, Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded by the Giants to the Cleveland Browns. Unless you've been living under a rock or you're Eli Manning, your bedtime is 8 p.m. and you're not going to find this out until the morning. <laughs> you know this has happened. Ben, can you believe it? A first round pick, a third round pick, Jabril Peppers. It wasn't even their first third round pick. It was their second third round pick that the Cleveland Browns send to the New York Giants to send Odell Beckham Jr. out of the NFC. This is all brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Ben. How you doing, brother? I really like how you plug that in at the last second. <laughs> Make sure you check all the boxes. Mike, every day, every day is a good day to be alive. I had I had church this tonight. I had the canon of St. Andrew, the beginning of Lent. Uh, and it was a wonderful service. And I was I was feeling great. And I was going to come back. And I opened my phone. And I turned on my phone. I'm feeling like very peaceful, very like nice, like post-church bliss. And I was just struck. <laughs> Suddenly, Ben, I want to work through this timeline if I can. If I can go Please. through some of the right, moves, right? Because I just went binary. I went from Odell right. Beckham Jr. as a Giant to Odell Beckham Jr. as a Brown. So let's kind of revisit what has happened with the Giants recently. So they give Odell Beckham Jr. a record contract six months ago, August twenty seventh last year. This happened. They said that they didn't sign him to a mega deal to trade him. Overall, it was a five year, ninety million dollar extension. And by they. Who was the general manager at this time? Dave Gettleman. And that's very, very important. important to know because it's easy to forget. <laughs> right. Because the Giants had to change general manager. That Gettleman came in and one of the earliest things he did mm. is sign Odell to a long-term extension. Correct. Very important that they have that continuity there for all of these decisions. So overall, five-year, $90 million deal extension for Odell Beckham Jr. given to him by Dave Gettleman. They paid Odell that year $21.5 million for 12 games. You trade Olivier Vernon for Browns guard Kevin Zeitler, which I thought was a good deal for both. You let Landon Collins walk because you don't want to pay him. You don't have the money to pay him. You trade an elite wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. for a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. You take on a dead cap of $16 million from Odell's contract that, remember, you just extended him on. Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon combined count $24 million against the Giants cap this year. That's only eight less million than what they count against for the Browns until Odell reworks his deal. I'm sure he'll get a little bit more out of it. Snacks Harrison gone. Eli Apple gone. This entire overhaul has netted a day one pick, a day one pick, that's one, one day two pick, three day three picks, Jabril Peppers and Kevin Zeitler. They are trusting this man who has made all of these decisions that seem to make no sense whatsoever. That's the key. They're trusting Dave Gettleman 
with a complete rebuild, with the way that things have gone so far, Ben, this is a Statue of Liberty buried in the sand type moment. They blew it up. And now they're going to have to try and dig it out by trading the sixth overall pick that they have and the 17th overall pick for Daniel Jones. That would just be full that's circle. Gonna be the, that's going to be the cherry <laughs> on top. It's going to be amazing. Which it's going to be funny because the easiest thing to criticize the Giants for for quite some time is in their unwillingness to get an air apparent for Eli Manning. They're finally going to do it at the cost of trading Odell Beckham Jr. And the player they draft is going to be Daniel Jones. The, the only thing worse than not drafting an heir apparent for Eli was trading Odell <laughs> to get the pick to do it and picking Daniel Jones. It's the only thing worse. Because you passed on five first-round quarterbacks last year to get a running back at two that won't even see this team have a quarterback or a winning team, possibly, best-case scenario, for what? Three to four years? By the time his new contract is coming up, you totally screwed up your window. What, what's the plan? What, did they all of a sudden hit the kill switch? Like, I don't get the idea right. of how any of this makes sense together. How does Dave Gettleman have a job? I mean, I'm thankful for it. I'm very thankful for it that Dave Gettleman has this job. The one thing that ties together every highly questionable personnel decision that's been made for the last two years for Dave Gettleman, in my opinion, is the prevailing idea of running the football. Right. It's insane. You get rid of your best pass catcher. You draft already back at two. And you're, who are your weapons at wide receiver? You've got Sterling Shepard, Corey Coleman. Who who else? I don't even know what? what their depth chart looks like like that. I mean, Evan Ingram's a good pass catching tight end. Eli should retire. There's nothing there to work with on offense. And you shipped away. Landon Collins is gone. Olivier Vernon is gone. Snacks is gone. Eli Apple is gone and played better with New Orleans. That's another huge thing. Yeah. Right. They weren't getting great production out of Jason Pierre-Paul. They, they, he leaves to Tampa. He's not super productive in Tampa, but he's been better. Eli Apple, hugely productive for New Orleans. People who are leaving your coaching staff are getting better at other places. This rebuild needed to happen last year. It's happening now under the most absurd circumstances, under the most absurd quarterback class that we've seen. Because if Kyler Murray goes one to the Arizona Cardinals, that leaves you with Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke. It's insane to me because even then, I mean, we were I was praising them the other day. We were praising them in the offseason saying they're, they're probably going to be a good football team next year with the way that things are going. And then they add to their offensive line. Now what? Now what? It's Saquon Barkley. That's it. That's the offense. You can game plan against that. The dangerous thing was having to game plan against Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I'm putting no, 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 11 no, 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 people in the I'm going to cut you off there. The dangerous thing was not game plan against Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. It was game plan against Odell. He didn't even need Saquon. That wasn't right. even part of it. Like That was obviously very helpful, but he didn't even need the running back. He was he was already being Odell before they even drafted the dude. Yeah. Two years, what's been the, the, the general brunt? It's like, all right, we can win with Eli and we're going to run the football. I mean, they go... <laughs> Gettleman's only draft went Barkley and then Will Hernandez, starting left guard. His major free agent addition was left tackle Nate Solder, which they obviously needed a tackle. They had Eric Flowers previously. Yeah. This offseason, you know, he, they, they're, they're two primary edge rushers in Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon from 2017 before you had, um, what's his name, before Gettleman came in. The two primary edge rushers, uh, Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul, both of them are gone. And the biggest thing you got back from that was is, is a left guard in Kevin Ziedler. And now you're moving away from a dominant wide receiver, the, the player around whom you would build a passing attack for the sake of running your offense through your now most dynamic weapon, who's your running back, Saquon Barkley, which just 
betrays yeah. a fundamental misunderstanding of what wins in today's NFL. And I shouldn't even mm. say that. Because I don't even think there was an attempt to understand what wins in today's NFL. I think there was just, this is what I've always done, so I'm going to continue to do it. I don't know. There's, there's just uh, there's, there's absence of understanding. There's just no attempt, right? I misspoke. Zyler's going to be the right guard, by the way, because Hernandez is the left guard. But anyway, go ahead. And you mentioned the two edge rushers. They're gone. Now, if you have to trade up for a quarterback, because the last three years there have been 11 quarterbacks selected, only Baker Mayfield, who was selected at one, was not a trade-up scenario to go get a quarterback. Now you might have to go trade up and get one. So even at six, you might not even be able to get that pass rusher that you would need. It doesn't matter anyway. I mean, it really, it really doesn't matter what they do at this point because, again, the Statue of Liberty is buried in the sand. But the giant that has been awoken, that is the Cleveland Browns apparently now, check this crap out. This offense looks just buzzing. Listen, as a man who at the end of last season – Put down, as he often does, speculative bets on the upcoming NFL season. As a man who bet on the Browns to win the AFC North in 2019, let me Ooh. tell you, Michael Kist. Feeling good. It is a good day to be alive. Baker Mayfield, 23 years old. Nick Chubb, 23 years old. Kareem Hunt, 23 years old. Oldo Beckham Jr., 26 years old. Jarvis Landry, 26 years old. David Njoku is 22 years old. They are stacked and, and, and Hugh is gone. Hugh is crying somewhere. They have Freddie Kitchens and Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator that Todd, we love. Todd! Oh! <laughs> and not only that, they added Sheldon Richardson to the interior of that defensive line and Olivier Vernon in the trade before for Zeitler to beef up that defense. Oh my goodness. I just realized. They might get, they're in, they're in, apparently in negotiations to get Earl okay. Thomas. I haven't seen it confirmed yet. We're recording while this is going on, but dude, you kidding it me? Just, all- it just fully processed to me that the Browns. Did the the Vernon Zeitler trade right. with the Giants, right? And now have traded with the Giants again. The <laughs> two best players, not named Saquon Barkley, on the Giants last year. I would, I would, I are mean, now on the Browns. Vernon, Vernon wasn't great, but I mean, yeah, for that defense, and, yeah. And they got a right guard, a day one pick, a day two pick, and Jerome Peppers. I mean, who else would it be? Would it be Landon Collins? He's gone, <laughs> so it really doesn't matter, right? Which like, and then you got Jabril Peppers, who ideally becomes Landon Collins. It's, oh, man, I can't. It's unbelievable. I spent a good portion of the morning riddling out the Brandon Graham contract, which is a really, really interesting contract. And we can talk more about that because we got the details today. So if you want to bring it up, we can bring it up. But with the way the signing bonus is prorated, it's a three-year deal, but there's five years total because there's two voidable years at the end for bonus proration and then there's an option bonus mm. activates in 2020 for the year of 2021 which at first i was like all right well there's no way they're going to pick up this option but looking more at the contract they have to pick up the option basically it just serves as another way to prorate even more signing bonus money into the future that contract to me screams philadelphia is going to try to win a super bowl in 2019 and 2020 is going to be the year where they're like all right it's time to refill the stables here with some young talent because you think we it's like the really... two year two year thing that you talked about before with Howie exactly Howie approaches right. it. The viewing it as a two year window to go through that long process of of de- deciphering one contract to better understand <laughs> what it is that Roseman wants to do and how Roseman wonderfully conceives of and admits and maximizes the fact that sometimes you have winning opportunity and sometimes you just don't like all yeah. 32 teams don't come into the the season with the ability to win the super bowl that's a myth like obviously it's fun for cbs promos but it's not the reality the reality is that some teams just by the way the roster is is stacked 
It's just not going to happen for them. So when you have a roster that can pull it off, which the Eagles do, you go all in. You make Brandon Graham's cap hit in 2019 $3.5 million, which is unbelievably small. Yeah. And then you swallow the pill later because, listen, you might be able to win a Super Bowl 2019, and that's what counts. To go from that Roseman this morning to today Dave <laughs> Gellerman, who just inexplicable yeah. roster management, just haphazard. If you think you can win now, Odell is... A top three wide receiver in the league, and by far your most dynamic wide receiver. Sterling Shepard is like a border wide receiver, too, and you have nobody after him. If you don't think you can win now and you have to rebuild, well then, okay, sure, but number one, make Odell publicly available and make, and drive up the price in a huge way. Keep him on the roster. Find a team who's, who's close next year but feels like they need a wide receiver one. They'll empty the, empty the chest for you. Get way more for him. Two, and three, draft a freaking quarterback right so if you like like this move like it just it's just like roseman has such clarity on what he would like to do and the 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 orientation of his team in a one-year three-year and five-year perspective versus gellman who it's just brown it's just brown splotches like i have no idea what i'm looking at and i love it let's make that very high oh i want to send dave gellman a fruit basket i'm so happy so ben unless we have anything else to talk about with the way that that trade goes we're going to come back we're going to hit up some quick eagles news some quick free agency news we'll probably make fun of the giants throughout the process we'll do it all under that umbrella for this show right here on the kiss and solak show here on bleeding green nation we'll be right back and we are back on the kiss and solak show this is episode 85 brought to you by the five folks at sb nation and bleeding green nation I know I didn't introduce us properly in the beginning. I'm Michael Kist. In case you missed that, that is Benjamin Solak, hence the Kist and Solak show. I think you get it. It's pretty straightforward. Please stop. Quick news that we didn't talk about yesterday that I that I do want to touch on before we get into some of the bigger impact signings here. Nate Sudfeld has been tendered with a yeah. second round selection. Sudfeld, obviously a restricted free agent, and the Eagles put a tender on him. That should deter anybody from putting in an offer sheet for him. So it looks like he will stay in Philadelphia. That tender is worth $3.1 million, which is nearly double what he has earned in his career to this point. So congratulations, Nate, on that. Good job, study. Uh, It's also possible that the Eagles will look to add a veteran presence to compete for the backup spot. Ben, you're about to kiss the microphone. Well, just What's want, happening? What do you just doing? want to hear like another fun fact that I just saw on my timeline. I 100% want to. I love fun facts. The most 2019 dead cap. By more than ten million from the <laughs> next closest team belongs to the New York Giants, baby. Which, again, if you're in a rebuild, who freaking cares? But the thing is, you're not in a rebuild because you're starting a 38 year old quarterback. You weren't pitching this as a rebuild the entire time. That that wow. Okay, uh, Ben, maybe you can make sure that this is confirmed as I talk about it. But another big deal that just happened is the 49ers are making a push. I think it's already pretty much done for Chiefs edge rusher D Ford for a 2020 second round pick is what I saw. And it looks like he's going to get a restructured deal or a new contract with the 49ers worth. It's five years, $87.5 million. Ford was Whoa! eighth. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're giving D Ford $17 million per? Hey, man. Ford balled out. He was eighth in uh, PFF's pass rush productivity. Young metric, man can't line stacks. up on side, my good fella. <laughs> gotta know the line of scrimmages before we do anything else. Yo, you get a 13 sack season, you're about to get paid. I mean, all, all that, all the potential I saw from him in college really came to fruition last year. At least from just from a pass rushing perspective, the Chiefs have the lead, and he's just getting after it. That dude is a bit of a terror. So good for him, getting paid. Okay, so you traded a second to pay a guy 
Five years, eighty-seven million. He's got one ten-plus sack season, and he was a bust for like the first three years of his career. Which obviously, that's not what a, a bust is. Bust is an overused word, but just speaking generally. Here's my thing. Yeah, two sacks in 2017. Right. Here's what's interesting to me. I mean, it frees them up to do a, a, a lot of different things in the draft, too. Right. In their position. Obviously, number one, like, you have a ton of cap space in San Fran. I'm relatively sure right. like, they had a good amount of cap space. So live your dreams. Good players cost money. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Nothing better illustrates just how much sacks cost. Like, right. right? He's been productive. Like, Brandon Graham has been, like, a productive pressure guy for his entire Years. career, not under Billy Davis. Right. And... He's he simply is not getting even paid that money. I mean, that's what. Wait, what was Trey Flowers earlier today? Trey Flowers was around 17, 18 million per, right? Yeah, Trey Flowers went uh, to the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, pl- right? I'm paying Trey Flowers eight times out of seven more than I'm paying D Ford. I don't know if I trust that. Well, we'll see how that goes. Let me see. Trey Flowers. Speaking of teams, I just don't understand what they're doing. The San Francisco 49ers are inexplicable to me, but it's fine. Trey Flowers, five year at $90 million. Goodness, they are. Breaking the Healthy. bank for these eggs. 18 million per, baby. Some uh, divisional news. Jamison Crowder, the wide receiver from the Redskins, the Jets are giving him a three-year, $28.5 million deal that includes $17 million in guarantees. Uh, speaking of the Jets, linebacker Anthony Barr pulled an Olay on the Jets, opting not this to reinvent me. himself as an edge-defending pass rusher and stay with the Minnesota Vikings. That deal is worth five years, $67.5 million with incentives. It can be worth $77.5, $33 million in guarantees to stay with the Vikings. So instead, what the Jets was, they dumped their money elsewhere in another linebacker. They invested in Ravens linebacker C.J. Mosley to a five-year, $85 million deal. What? Jordan Hicks, four years. $36 million, 12 at signing, $20 million guaranteed for the Arizona Cardinals. Wow, I feel like I really missed five years, $85 million. You said 85 right? It's a lot. I mean, Here's my thing. I was yeah. just very upset a second ago about the Niners signing D4 for five years, $87 million. But now realizing that CJ Mosley got five years, $85 million, I'm here to tell you. Sounds like a great deal, Niners. Five years, $87 million D Ford. I'm all about it. Now I'm there. Then that Brandon Graham contract look better and better as you go through this process? I mean, the deals that the Eagles are giving out, Malik Jackson included, we can talk about him in a second because we both watched him today. But the deals that they're giving out to these guys are just crazy and how he does a great job staying ahead of the market with them. Again, Jordan Hicks, too. Would you have signed Jordan Hicks to four years, $36 million with $20 million guaranteed like the Cardinals did? No. And, uh... I was talking with, with people about it, just trying to figure out why pointing $20 million guaranteed into Jordan Hicks makes sense. And I just can't. I, like, I, I, I love Jordan Hicks more than a lot of folks. Like after his 2017, 2016 season, 2016 mm. season, you know, I was there asking where the all-pro votes were. I mean, he was playing out of right. his mind, yep. but the guy can't stay healthy. And yeah, he hasn't been able to stay healthy since college. And so just yep. the guaranteed money really, really worries me on that contract. Now, if he's healthy, great deal. Nine million great. per Jordan Hicks. He's absolutely a a talent at that level, but it just it's fully dependent on health. Yeah, and I know uh, people were saying now the linebacker is is the biggest need, and I'm just saying it's been one day of free agency, guys. Let's let this thing ride out. Nickel is the new base. We'll see what they do in the rest of free agency. We'll see what they do in the draft. Linebacker hasn't exactly always been the most important position for the Eagles because. They invest in the front four so much exactly. and that rotation, which helps things for your linebackers. It makes life easier on them. Speaking of making life easier for your linebackers, 
Let's talk about Malik Jackson before we get out of here, Ben. Let's talk about some of the things that we saw on tape from him. I watched four games of him. I charted all of it. Yeah. Three or four games, watch Malik Jackson, chart net, 15% pressure rate. He got double teamed on 32% of those. And then 87% of the time, he was either in a three, four, or four-eye alignment. That four-eye alignment, I mean, I think you guys know what a three technique is right outside of the guard in between the tackle. That four-eye alignment is on the inside shoulder of the tackle. And then that four, he's just head up on the tackle. Some people call it a five. It's whatever. You get what I'm saying. He's not outside of the tackle. So coming from that interior rush position. What I like about his game, the use of the hands, I like it when he works vertically. So I like him better as a three technique. And what my charting showed was he was more effective from a three. So more inside attacking vertically rather than coming from an angle. Run defense, we might have to talk about that because I don't think that's going to be his strong suit. Definitely wasn't last year. And I think what you're going to see from him from an alignment standpoint, we talk about how he mixes well or matches with Fletcher Cox is the fact that the Eagles on passing downs and obvious passing situations and whatnot, a lot of times they're going to go double three tech. So they got that gap in the middle and they've got both guys, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, right outside of the uh, of their guard. So you can see them working together that way. Then on running downs, I see him being a heavily rotation piece in that line. And there will be situations where Fletcher Cox is at the one tech. If Malik is in there with him as a three tech, there are going to be situations where we bring in another guy. I don't care who it is. You get a fat guy in day three of the draft. You get a run stuffer like Danny Shelton in free agency on the cheap, just like we did with Holodi Nata last year. Put him at one tech and then let Fletcher Cox work at three tech. I don't care what it is. doesn't matter. But I think that's how they kind of work together. You're not going to see Malik Jackson with 80% of the snaps. You're going to see him more like 60% of the snaps, in my opinion. Right, which, if memory serves, which it probably doesn't, I'll get hit back with this later. In 2018, the interior defensive line snap count pretty much looked like Fletch in the high 80s, low 90s. Right. And then a bunch of, like, 65s. And going back to the previous year, the entire line was, I mean, no one took a big amount of snaps, which is fine. If you have the rotation to do it, absolutely keep them fresh. So that's kind of what I'm going for there. Right. That's absolutely what they ideally would like to have. Like, like this line wants to be too deep. They want to have eight players on it. We talked about Edge, Graham Long, Barnett, Sweat, those four, great. Interior, Fletch, now you introduce Malik. And then it's a question of what young guys are going to be able to take a role there if Trayvon Hester is going to become a long-term thing. And I still anticipate them adding somebody on the interior defensive line. That's something I think you, you're, you're still going to see happen relatively early in the draft. Like, you mentioned linebacker and its valuation. The Eagles are very unlikely to draft a first-round linebacker. Like, they have to be in love with the guy. Right. It's just not the way that the team runs the roster. It's the same reason why they're not as likely to take a first-round running back. What it means to the defense, the way the scheme is run, the linebacker is not a position with a high enough value to warrant 25. Adding an interior defensive lineman, being able to rotate Malik Jackson off of the field and rotate a guy who's maybe stronger against the run, even as a rookie, onto the field, being able to rotate between the three of them on rushdowns so that you still have an effective rush in the fourth quarter. This is more so what we're talking about in terms of what's going to add actionable value to the defense, especially when you look at, you know, and we talked about this earlier, we were talking about more cap stuff in a previous episode, the Eagles need to get cheaper on the interior defensive line. They really not want to have a starter under a rookie contract because We've got a lot of really big deals in the defensive line right now. They want to be able to rotate in rookie players. You need to have cheap starting talent. So, absolutely. I was a little, yeah, a little overall disappointed in Malik Jackson's film. Not as as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Not as effective of a rusher, always, as I hoped. And then, obviously, the run defense, I think, was a significant disappointment. But you can easily see the profile of a guy with great length, really, really nice bend for his size and for his play style. 
and some good quickness, some good hand usage, a guy who can clearly become a penetrating pressure, quick pressure style. Like, that's very easy to see. He benefited from some twists, some slants that he's not yeah. really going to get as much of in Philadelphia. Very interested right. to see what he looks like when he's just purely lining up in the three and getting upfield. That's really what's going to make or break his fit for Philadelphia. You're just rushing a B-gap. Can you have the, the rush moves? Do you have the hand usage uh, where you're going to be able to to make that into something productive? That's what Philadelphia needs out of him. That's, as long as they get that, it's a good enough contract and everything else is just roses. So we like this film to a degree. So hopefully Malik is a big-time producer for us here. Uh, ben, anything else that you want to touch on with this free agency period? Looking through my notes here, I'm making sure that nothing else has dropped as we are recording. I am... I take a shower and then like three minutes into it, I go and check my phone to make sure it's been really quiet on the Eagles front today. And it's like eerie. Even Brandon Lee Gowton was like trying to tease us earlier in the day. Yeah, like, well, BLG, BLG just rolled into the, the Slack group chat and was like, hey, like something's about to happen. And Mike and yeah. I were like, what? And he was like, well, nothing. I just <laughs> think something will. And it was really annoying. But it's okay. We love him. Thank you for I didn't anticipate much happening today. The two major moves I see happening left are Tevin Coleman right. and Ronald Darby. Those are the two players that I expect Philadelphia to be significantly engaged with in contract talks. Bradley Roby signing, signing a one-year $10 million deal with the Texans is, I think, eh, it's not bad news for the Eagles. It's definitely interesting news. It might be good news for the Eagles. That's where I stand on its quality. Because he had to take a prove-it deal. He, he didn't get like a long-term type. Right. Roby got a three-year offer from the Steelers, but apparently it wasn't high enough to the point where he wanted to take a prove-it deal. Darby's also a a prove-it deal candidate because he's lost health the past two seasons. And so teams will be understandably wary from signing him long-term because he may not be a guy who's always available for you. If he wants to sign a prove-it deal, it doesn't make as much sense with Philadelphia as it does to sign it elsewhere with a team who's more likely to give him a mega CB1 contract. Yeah. So there's that. The other aspect of it is that, well, now maybe the other teams like the Steelers who were in for that three-year deal on Roby, well, maybe now they turn their attention more distinctly to Darby, now more desperate to get their long-term guy. So, yeah, it could be bad news for Philadelphia in that regard. But it definitely Roby coming in low, one year, $10 million, is good for the Eagles in the sense that Darby's going to be that, – that, that number helps set the market for corners. So there's that. I think the Eagles signed Tevin Coleman. I think it happens. They have cap space. They need a running back. They like Tevin Coleman. It makes sense. I just saw this from Football Kelly, who's a Eagles Twitter. The Eagles traded a first and a fourth. Say they traded Sam Bradford for a first and a fourth, and a few years later, the Giants traded Odell Beckham Jr. for a first and a third. <laughs> it's a great day to be alive, Mike. It is. It is, and it is for the gentle listeners as well. Why don't you say goodbye to them? I was in the middle of a mouthful, Michael. Beautiful. That was well executed on my part. I'm patting myself. I need to hydrate. I'm very sick. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Solak Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. Only leave five-star ratings. Only say nice things about me. About Mike, do whatever you want. Yeah, we're going to do more shows as more things happen. We got BGN Memories coming up with uh, John Stolas oh, taking nope, a career me. retrospective okay, Go ahead, you talk. Would you say? I was just, just, just talking about how usually I get to do the wrap-up, but today we're just interrupting the wrap-up because you forgot to say stuff earlier. It's cool. Yeah, listen to things that John Stolnes does. He's a nice guy. He's got a good voice. Uh, download our podcasts if you like them, and so that we know that you like them, and, and so that we keep doing them. Crushing it. The end. Goodbye. We all we got. We all we need. I've been Benjamin Solik on Twitter. I've been Benjamin Solik. That's all I can. I forgot a thing. My kids on Twitter at MyOkisNFLSKST. Goodbye forever. Fly, Eagles, fly.
P-G-N. <laughs>